Tim Kiefer, MyBeatOnline.com. Welcome to our Wednesday night meeting. Appreciate everybody taking some time here to talk some football with us. Well, we try to do it every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Central here during the season. You know, we call it, we do our preseason meetings, our, our off-season meetings. These are our in-season meetings. And these are the, these are the meetings that really kind of separate, I think, the the good, the bad, the ugly, for lack of a better term, because you're working. A lot of you, almost everybody, has been working the last few weeks, whether they're working Friday, Saturday, just Fridays, or working all week covering, you know, underclass games, this and that, to take some time out on a Wednesday night to make yourself better, to make the game better. We, we do appreciate that. We appreciate it from, from what we try to do here at MIBTownline.com. We also appreciate it because it's the kids game it's their game and we're doing everything we can to make that game better so thank you for taking some time with us tonight and so let's uh let's get to our meeting here real quick because we we are, we got lots of stuff to go over tonight so meeting agenda for this evening we're just going to go not really we all the announcements are pretty much the same so we're just going to go we're going to go to the play of the week from last week we're going to talk a little bit about the free blocking zone because that incorporated the play from last week more film time i'll have the play of the week for this week and then uh that'll be that so before uh before we go before we go to that um i'm going to bring in our panel we're happy to have everybody with us as usual you know this is the time of the year that, that football is football so it's nice to get some other voices in so we've got robert yabara with us robert is out there tonight and he's manning the chat and the text. I'll put that number up here in a little bit. But Robert, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, members like Brian Haskins out, out in um, Alaska that's joining us and then is going to go work a freshman game. So we got engaged members. We got a great meeting. Thank you for joining us tonight. Huh, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that, like I said, Brian taking the time to to do that, to spend you know a few minutes with us, it's 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 much appreciated. So, uh, appreciate Robert for being here. Also, want to bring in Bill Lamagne. Bill is with us. Bill, how are you doing today? Doing great. I just want to know is is he in short sleeves or long sleeves tonight? <laughs> that's that's you know what? the question. Put up yeah. that text number. I'll have him text it in. <laughs> oh, there we go. We'll throw it up there. Is is he? Is he in shorts or is he in shorts, long? Shorts and so. short sleeves or long sleeves and a parka. There you go. So we'll have to we'll have to check in with Brian and see uh, see what he's doing there. Also, want to welcome in uh, Mike Billica. Mike, thanks for being here. Appreciate your time today, Mike. Hey, great to be here. All right, thanks for cool. having. Me. No, we're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start talking some football because we got a lot to talk about. So, I'm gonna pull up our our play of the week from last week. I'm gonna go back to the. Uh, now let's go back to the PowerPoint here, and you'll you'll see the play. So here's here we go. So if you remember, it was it was down at the bottom. We had we we're looking at the tackles. So I'm gonna play it again. We're looking at the left and the right tackle. And the question was illegal block below the waist or legal. So legal came up the winner at. 59% compared to illegal at 41%. So that was that's how the the poll kind of 
played out, you know, for lack of a better term. That's what the, the results ended up being. So now, but what I want to do is I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of the PowerPoint because I want to break. Well, let's, before we do that, I'm going to go back to the PowerPoint because I want to talk a little bit about the free blocking zone and illegal blocks below the waist in the free blocking zone before we go back to the play. So everybody, so we're, we're all on the same page here. So going back to the PowerPoint, here is, uh, here is the free blocking zone. It's, a, it's four yards to the left or the right of the ball, three yards ahead and behind the ball. And here it's, it's depicted here. You can see it on, on both the picture and the, you know, the graphic. But the thing is, the picture doesn't do it justice, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So here it is. Now, one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say on this that this is so this is these uh, like slides are excerpts from our Intro to Football Officiating course, and uh, we produced that course a few months ago, and it's gotten a lot of positive responses. But I did notice something today on these slides, which I thought thought was kind of funny. When I built the slides, I don't know if nobody's really said anything about it, but the yard lines, it's, it's not five, it's six yards. I, you know, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the, the, the total yardage, so don't say, hey, Tim, that's a six-yarder. I know it, I, it's messed up, but it's still going to show us exactly what we need to for our free blocking zone. Three yards on one side of the ball, three yards on the other side of the ball, four yards uh, laterally, left and right here. So, so just don't know that. I know there's... One, two, three, four, five, six. Don't worry about that. That's just was that was something I noticed later. I, I gave him an extra yard. But for the free blocking zone, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. Okay, three and three, four and four. So let's go back to our slides. So we now know this is how the free blocking zone is defined. And in order for the free blocking zone to exist, the ball must be in the zone. Once the ball leaves the zone, this zone the free blocking zone no longer exists. So you can have on those arrows, either way, defense, offense, both, if everybody's on the line of scrimmage, an initial contact with the snap is below the waist. This is fine. It's got to be immediate with the snap below the waist. These three engagements would be legal. Now in our next slide, these three engagements would also be legal because it's one it's one adjacent and both players are on the line of scrimmage in the zone at the snap as long as this contact is immediate with the snap these would be legal engagements as well now our next one this is defense offense you can see in either direction but only the offensive players are on the line of scrimmage at the snap. The defensive players are not. So they're, even though they're in the free blocking zone, they are not on the line of scrimmage. So they are restricted from blocking below the waist, whether it's the defense or the offense. Now, you can still have a block in the back if the ball is in the zone. But for our purposes of talking about block below the waist, these players are restricted. They, will, they would not be able to legally block below the waist. Now here's this one looks a little familiar. Maybe, maybe we'll go to get, to get more into this one. But you can see that the defensive player is, starts at the snap 
on the line of scrimmage but is outside of the free blocking zone. So since this player has lined up outside the free blocking zone, this player is, the defensive player is, in, is restricted from blocking below the waist. And he's also restricted from being blocked below the waist, whether it be from the tackle or whether it be from the tight end across from him because it's outside of the free blocking zone. So this is a little different than some other rule, some other uh, rules. So just know that that some other, if you happen to work college, they they look at this a little differently. But in high school, it specifically says that both players need to be in the zone on the line of scrimmage at the snap for them to be not restricted from an, a, an immediate block below the waist. So just keep that in mind. One last slide here. Well, this is just kind of a cumulation of what everybody can do. So left, if you look at the first two here, one, two, they're good to block below the waist. The middle one, nope, cannot block below the waist. The one uh, to the right in between the, the, the two bigger arrows, they're eligible. They're not restricted to block below the waist. But the one on the end there, the defender who is, who is not on the line of scrimmage cannot block below the waist. So understand that. On the line of scrimmage, at the snap, immediate. These two players would not be, or three players, I should say, would not be eligible at any point during the down to block below the waist because they are not meeting the requirement of being in the free blocking zone on the line of scrimmage and for their block to occur. I guess one of them could occur at the snap, but they're not meeting the other obligation to that. So. That's kind of a graphical representation of the free blocking zone and, the, and how a player is restricted this year with the, the, the rule in regards to when they can block below the waist. So we're going to go back to our, our play so you can kind of see exactly how it looks in real time instead of, you know, in a, in a graphical sense. And then we'll go to our... Um, we'll go to any questions and any discussion on this. So let me pull up the picture here. Give me one second. All right, so I'm going to go I'm gonna go wide on our picture. And this is our play. This is our picture from our play. So you can see that it's, uh, I want to be able to mark it up. All right, you can see a normal splits. With normal splits, our tackle... And our guard, our center, guard, and tackle. Normal splits would be in the free blocking zone. These five players are in the free blocking zone. You can see they've got their normal splits. Because remember, we're four yards this way. And four yards this way. So it looks about four yards. I think, I think these players do qualify as being in the free blocking zone. On the line of scrimmage at the snap so that's that's the still that's the first still so now we know that from looking at the still that they're that they're good to go that they would be they're starting out legal you know now what happens after that we can we can talk about but we know that we're at least starting with them in a position to where they would be considered i don't know for lack of a better term eligible to block below the waist all right, so now here is the, the still of what happened after the snap, directly after the snap. 
This player went this way. This player went this way. So initially, I would say based off of the rule and based off of the definition of what the free blocking zone is and who is eligible to block below the waist by being in the free blocking zone and their block occurring against a player who is also on the line of scrimmage and in the free blocking zone. These, these would not qualify against that because those defensive players, if you remember our first picture, they were outside of that four-yard lateral limit. So they are, not, they are restricted from either being blocked below the waist or blocking below the waist. Now looking at this picture by itself, it might, it's a little out of context because if you just got this shot and you see that you might, you're saying, well, yeah, we probably, if this wasn't called, we, we may have missed something here. But now what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the actual play again and explain why the reason I think that this was a 50, 50, uh, proposition in regards to, in regards to calling this a block below the waist or not calling it a block below the waist. So going wide on it here, you can see everybody misses. <laughs> so the, the tackles miss. They may, they're attempting to block below the waist, but both defenders step out of, out of it, step around it. Okay. So the definition of an illegal block below the waist is contact. It starts with the word contact. Well, you can make the argument that there's, the contact didn't really happen there. Um, so I can understand why, from a judgment standpoint, maybe people said, well, yeah, they didn't qualify. They were restricted, but I'm not having a foul here because I, don't, I think both players whiffed. If that's your judgment, then that's your judgment. But it better be based off of the rule. And how, see, we talk a lot here about judgment and rules and how we have to merge them and in addition to philosophy. So we have to pull in philosophy, judgment, and rules, and that's how we, actually philosophy helps uh, determine our judgment. And if we look at a play like this, and we say, well, we know that those players were restricted, but we passed on it because we didn't feel that, the con that there really wasn't contact, that both defensive players stepped around it, fine. Then that's your judgment. If you did, if you were on the 49% side or whatever and said, hey, I am calling this a foul, you'd be supported as well if you believe that there was enough contact that warranted the foul based off of those players being lined up outside of the free blocking zone and not qualifying or, not, or, or being restricted from being blocked below the waist. So just when you, when you have an explanation to a, a coach or, or you know, a team or, or whatever or an assigner or whoever it might be about this type of a block, and why you may have passed on it, know why you passed on it. Because if you just didn't see it, then it's like, uh-oh, do you know the rule? Do you know where you're supposed to be looking? Mechanics, blah, blah, blah. It starts opening up. You start peeling back a lot more layers that maybe you don't need to peel back. So that's, that's kind of a nutshell of play of the week and why I believe it was so close. And I'm, there's a lot of people out there. We got some comments on, on Twitter. We got some comments on uh, YouTube. And so, but... I hope it kind of explain, you know, why, you know, maybe it went one way, maybe it went the other, but judgment on this one, I think is a big deal. So I'm going to uh, go to, uh, let's, let's start out. 
uh, who do I want to start with? I'm going to start out with, with Bill, I think, on, on this one to talk about. So, Bill, you see this? I mean, college is a little different, you know, in their interpretation. But basically, if you looked at it from the side, you'd probably think, well, it's, it could, it's legal. But getting this perspective, it, it may look a little bit different. As a referee, you know, this might be this might fall on you because I don't think the wings sometimes might have the best perspective if they're you know if they're going sideways or straight forward based off of where everybody's lined up. But how would you? I mean, what did you think? And 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 from a judgment standpoint, where would you go with this? Excuse me, um, I'd have I'd pass on it. I would not call foul. I would talk to the player or players involved. I would get word to their coaches that if the contact. Uh, is uh, significant, it will be a foul, and he needs to get it corrected. If he wants to know why, then he'll get an explanation. But um, no, I, I wouldn't call this. Okay, so you, you don't have this? That's that's perfectly fine. But you're, you have it based off of the contact, not because of where they were lined up, correct? Well, no, I mean, I agree that if, if they would have had that significant contact out there, uh, it would be a foul because they're going after a player who's not in the zone. All right, cool. All right, so I'm going to go to uh, to Mike now. Mike, what is your what was your judgment on this play? Do you agree with Bill, or do you think there was enough contact? Where are you at? Well, I, I don't have enough contact on this one either, and I really do relate to your um, impression that the Wings would have a very difficult time to get this call. Um, this is the only way the Wing gets this is if it's a delayed block and it's contact. He's not going to be able to judge a free blocking zone from the sideline. So uh, I, I totally agree. The umpire and the referee are going to have to be helpful on uh, whether it's inside or outside, but not enough contact here. This is a talk to. Okay, not enough contact. You got to talk to. All right, so now, Robert, uh, we got the text line up. Um, I'm sure some people are already texting in. You can either, either go to them first or you can give me your personal comments on this. What do you think? Yeah, I'm happy to say you know, this is a game that I was actually on the field, and this was actually discussed uh, amongst our crew uh, during the game. And we came to a conclusion again that it, they were whiffs. They were there was not a significant contact, but it needed to be cleaned up, and uh, that's that's what we addressed. So uh, I agree with Bill 100% on that. Most of uh, the comments we're getting are agreed, not enough for a foul. And, uh, and, and we, it seems like we have the majority on board in that discussion. However, there was a hypothetical case element that one member wants to add. So may I do that now, Tim? Sure. Yes, please. One, one element is if we have a player that's one foot in the four-yard boundary lines, one, one part of their body in, and on the line of scrimmage, right, does that constitute them being in the free blocking zone? So it's not necessarily their full body. You know, it's interesting because the college has an interpretation on that very specific, you know, with, with having a foot in. High school, I believe it says you have to be completely in to be in. I'm, I'm, I would have to, I, I have, to would have to check my notes, but I'm almost, I think you need to be completely in to be considered in. And in addition, because it's a safety foul, yep. I think in the end we're going to rule, you know, with safety. We're going to go. We're going to err on safety. So if you've got a player who's got one leg in, one leg out, 
I'm pretty sure the intent of the rules, they wanted everybody in and they wanted initial at the snap. Um, they, they would want that uh, ruled as a, as a legal block below the waves. But, I, I mean, I, I could check with, with Mike. I think I see he's looking up. But I, I could, I'm pretty sure, I wish I had my book with me handy right now, but where you have to be completely in. But it's a good hypothetical, and, um, and I hope that uh, you know, people will err on the side of safety if we, we find something different, which I don't think we do. But like I said, college I know has an interpretation, but I don't, don't think high school does. Uh, do you, are you hearing anything else, Robert? No, that's that's pretty much it. I think uh, I think we're good to move on. All right, cool. We're good. We are good to move on. Mike, uh, I see you uh, looking down there. Do you do you know? Uh, oops, I'm, I went to Bill, but uh, Mike, do you do you have anything on this? Um, by high school rules, any part of the body in the free blocking zone puts the player in the free blocking zone. Is that in the Is that in the book? Two seventeen, Article One. Yeah, page uh, 30. All right, well, there you go. So, so back to the hypothetical. So any part of the body, any part, body part, in the free blocking zone, you're considered in the free blocking zone. So there you go. Now, that's another one where I will say this, though. If there's any doubt, you're probably going to put them out because of safety. But if you know, you know. You know, you make the call. So I was wrong. So it is, it is any part of the body that is in the zone they're considered in the zone so hopefully that answers our hypothetical question so now we will Tim, move on yeah go Tim, ahead Robert. I, I prematurely said to move on we, we may have had a slight delay in the text response we do have dave bender thank you for joining us he's going to stick with this call of the block being illegal i'm going to explain why he's he's supporting his uh or sticking with his decision he claims and and, and it's shown in video that the defender does retreat somewhat with that block heading towards him below the waist so that did impact his movement in in the retreat direction that's one element the second element is uh dave indicates that the tackle's initial charge was not that that, that low was not immediate and that is a key element that we need to define as well was that action immediate by the blocker in the free blocking zone by the tackle so uh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll pull that up again. Let me pull up that play again real quick, and we'll, we can talk about the the immediacy of it. So let me here, here's the play. We'll go to it. Ball snap. Boom. Their initial. I mean, they're if you look, they're going to the leg. They're going down right away. I don't know if I agree with Dave on that. I think as soon as the ball snap, they're both going down. They're not. They're not delaying. They're. They're as soon as their first movement is is low. Now where I will agree with Dave is more so maybe on the like if you if right. you look on the right side, you can see there's a little bit of contact, left side maybe a little bit of contact. You know, what I will well, I guess I really it's more so on the left side. So where I will agree with Dave on that is uh yeah, if that's your judgment, if you think that's enough contact, great. And you tell me that 100%. I I could I would support you 100% because it's a safety foul. And you said you saw enough contact. Fine. I just, it's, you know, Bill and, and Mike and, and, and Robert, they've all said that they didn't think it was enough. That's their judgment based off of the rule. But you better be able to explain it. You better be able to say, this is why I'm ruling A, this is why I'm ruling B, because you know the rule, you know the judgment. And, and Bill had said this once before in one of our meetings is that it's now not a judgment call to you. 
because you've seen it, you've you know how you're going to rule on this. If this happens to you, Dave, this weekend, you've already made up your mind. This is a block below the waist, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, so, but I do disagree with you. I think you know. I don't think we want to split hairs on if their first charge is is going low, then that's their immediate action at the snap. I, I you want to see a guy pop up or do something like take a, a lateral step left or right before they go down. They went, even though it was a lateral step, it was directly to the, uh, to the low part of the defender. That's just, uh, so that's where I think. Uh, any, anything else, Robert? No, but thank you for asking. That, that was the final uh, comment, so appreciate that very much. Now we have full closure. Full closure, all right. All right, so let's, uh, let's move on to our, our, our next play, uh, just some plays that we're gonna talk about. So let me, uh, had it up ready to go. So I had to, when I pull up that other play, let's get this one up now. So this play was sent in by, uh, by somebody. We'll just, we'll, I'm sure he'll own up to it here in a minute. So let's go wide. Let's go wide on the play. Uh, you can see just so for our purposes of, so everybody is on the same page, you can see it's third and 10. It's third and 10. I'm going to pull down the text number just for now. We'll put it, we'll put it back up here in a minute. It's third and 10. So we want to know where our keys and priorities are. It's a balanced formation. So looks like we've got a crew of seven on this. So they, they, you know, it's a little easier for the, these guys. But if we only had a crew of five, think about where your keys and priorities would be based off of this formation. So let's let it play out. Got a quarterback and shotgun. Quarterback drops back, scrambles a little bit, scrambles, and then just heave hose the ball. Now let's look. Let's look where where the ball lands. We're going to look at all aspects of this, and I'm going to have this, the the end zone shot here in a moment. So let's we we want to look at all aspects of this play. So we know where our line of scrimmage is. We can see our line of scrimmage is about the looks like the 40 43 yard line. So we know the we know that's what where our line of scrimmage is because you know that's important on a play like this. So the quarterback drops back. We'll get to the we'll get to the free blocking zone here in a minute. There's a little potential hole possibly, but in this end now, hmm, forward progress stopped, and now the ball comes out. Does the ball make it back to the line of scrimmage? All right, let's look at. So I want everyone to kind of keep keep that in mind. We're going to go to the end zone shot now, because the end zone shot is going to tell us is going to going to complete the picture for us. So let's pull up the end zone shot here and we'll go wide on that. Here we go. Here's your end zone shot. Same play. We already kind of know what's going on. We're gonna get we're gonna get to see a little bit more of what we want to. Alright, so look at our blocking. We had a potential hold. I don't know if you can see it right there. It's a potential hold right there. So that's something to consider on this play. Alright, potential hold. Who's gonna see that? All right, quarterback scrambles, quarterback scrambles. For progress, well, we, that was more on the side shot, but you can kind of see the defender, and now he throws the ball. So here's our question. Let's go back. So tackle box, remember we just defined that. All right, we got four yards here, and we got four yards here. So kind of keep a mental note of that when you watch this guy do his thing. So keep your mental note as he's scrambling. Use your landmarks. One half a step, does he take a full two steps? Does he ever get out of the lateral limits of the free blocking zone? 
So we have met part of, we potentially, of our requirements for the player, in this case, to have the, the, the quarterback, the, the passer in high school, to have the ability to throw the ball away legally. Ball got to the line of scrimmage, but did it get out of the free blocking zone? So the first person I'm going to bring in on this one is, is Mike, because Mike was the one who was kind enough to send this in. And so, Mike, I think you're the referee on this game. Tell me, walk me through it, walk me through it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have Bill talk a little bit and we'll see what the audience has to say. But walk me through your process when you were actually on the game and officiating it. All right, so on this play, I started on the right side of the offensive line. You might be able to see there's another official in the backfield. That's the umpire. Um, we work seven-man mechanics uh, in, this, uh, in this league, and we have the umpire in the backfield. So I take the right tackle. I take the right guard. The umpire takes the center, the guard, and the tackle on his side. So I've got number 38, who looks like he's play on defense, who looks like he might be coming in on a blitz. And I'm watching who's going to pick him up. And uh, I'm also looking at that defensive end, who's got a very wide initial position. And uh, I know that tackle is going to have to work to get out to block him. So I just look for the first initial engagement between those two defenders. Um, and the first skate engagement ends up being the tackle, and I kind of hang with him as long as I can until I sense the quarterback being threatened, and then I give up the tackle. Um, maybe too early. That's where I was. All right. So you may have given it up a little too early, you said. So what about if... Okay, so that's fine. I mean, if you said that, but, but now going back, so you give up the tackle. So we'll just, so maybe that's a holy missed. Oh, well, that's life. And, and I'll say also that my first look at that tackle was, um, was the defender's hand up in the face mask of the offensive lineman, which you can see that his hand does get high. And I judged it was not. And um, as he started coming around the edge, um, I had to judge whether that outside hand's position by the tackle was a restriction or whether it was just there. And as it turns out, I think it is a restriction. And I just uh, swallowed my uh, flag on this one. I didn't throw. Okay. I mean, that, that's, that's fair. Okay. That, you know, that's what you, that's fair. Okay. So now, but the, let's go to the next aspect. So mm -hmm. fine. We passed on that, whether it is or isn't fine. People can make their judgments on that. What about the, the quarterback now? So I, I, I saw the quarterback, um, the pocket was beginning to close in, and he took an interesting route. Um, I kind of anticipated him to step up, and uh, he did not. He kind of panicked and kind of ran, ran around in a circle. I immediately, um, you know, sort of opened to him, squared to him, gave up all the blocking responsibilities, um, and uh, just looked to see if I could blow him dead. You see me grab the whistle, and I've got the whistle in my hand to blow it dead. But then I saw he decided to try to make a play. So um, my, my preference is to let the quarterback try to make his play um, because he, his arms were free, his upper body was free. They tend to be really good athletes at this level. Um, the quarterbacks tend to be the, among the best athletes on the field. So, I mean, I don't want to take away a touchdown or an interception return for a touchdown. If he wants to decide to throw it, that's on him. And uh, the last thing that went through my head as he threw the ball away was 
he is responsible for where the ball goes. Okay, so he is responsible for where the ball goes. Did you have a flag on this for intentional grounding? We did not have a flag. I, uh, I did step up to the uh, spot and I looked at the short wing on the side where I sensed the ball had gone and he pointed and did not come in. So he okay, pointed so downfield. I didn't know what he was pointing for exactly, but um, I, I also looked at my umpire to see if he had an impression on whether the guy got out of, out of, out of the zone or not. And uh, he also did not, because he, he was on the side where the quarterback had scrambled and he was lined up on the tackle. So I, I was hoping he might help me out too, but he, uh, he didn't have the information I was looking for. Okay, so, so, he, so I don't know if we see it on this, but you see the, the umpire, like you said, he, he could, in his position, he's kind of center judge. You see that we don't get the end there. Let's see, we're gonna, I'm, gonna go to the, uh, I'm gonna go to the side shot. Maybe it's on the side shot where the, the, we, we see a point because that's, that's important. Let's see on the side shot. I'm going to go wide on the side shot here. Give me one second. Let me get this play up. All right, let's go back to the play. And go wide on, on this, and you're going to see the side shot once again. I'll move it forward here a little bit. And now you know the perspective. And there it is. Now you got to ask yourself, I, I, don't, I, I don't see it there either. Um, I, don't see, I don't see him pointing. I just see him giving it incomplete. But I guess you can say, you got to ask yourself, where are my eligible receivers? And the only eligible receiver that's even remotely close would be, would be that receiver there. But it's good to talk about because about mechanics in regards to, you know, you just said that you didn't, um, that you saw the official point. And I want to get, I'll get to that in a minute. But first, so Bill, you heard what Mike had to say here about about this and how he got to where he got to and you worked when you worked in the big 10 uh, before you retired you still you had to center judge which the umpire is kind of there can you talk a little bit about like how you would walk through that like if you had a tackle and you saw something but you still had that other responsibility how did you go back and forth on that one well you had to you had to get your landmarks before a play you know so you had to know where it was to the right where it was to the left and give him the benefit of the doubt if he's close. But here's the key thing. You go to that spot, you look at downfield uh, or across to your wing official, short wing, deep wing. And if they've got an eligible receiver, they hit their chest and, and, and that's the indication I've got eligible numbers. If you don't have an eligible receiver in the area, then you're gonna do the point. When you give me the point signal, whether it did cross or it didn't cross, that's also telling me I don't have an eligible receiver. So if you have an eligible receiver in the area, give that signal, period, because it takes the quarterback off the hook uh, for either case, whether he's in or outside that, that area. So eligible receiver, give me that signal. When you don't give me that signal, you're saying there wasn't an eligible receiver. And it's interesting because I, I kind of like that because a lot of times what, if I'm working the wing, if I got an eligible receiver, I'll point to him downfield to, to, to Mike's point. But now we also have that second aspect of knowing whether the ball got back to the line of scrimmage. 
So if I'm pointing at the line of scrimmage, that could get confused potentially that I'm pointing to a that I'm pointing to the line of scrimmage and a player or something like that. So it's it's definitely something I kind of like, you know, you know, pointing this or or doing something a little bit different, kind of like what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, when I'm doing, I'm hitting like my numbers. If I were a player, these are my numbers. I've got eligible numbers here, and if I do point at them after I do that, that that's that's fine. But but if I don't touch here, I'm saying I don't have an eligible receiver in the area. So don't use the don't use the point signal for a pass crossing the line or not when you've got an eligible receiver. So another I guess another way that I kind of learned as well is yeah if I'm pointing to an eligible even if I don't say the numbers I'm pointing I got a receiver but if I don't I'm going to go directly to the referee I'm coming in directly to the referee and I'm giving the information that no eligible receiver ball got to the line but now it's on you. And the, the, the bad thing or the, one of the difficult things is that that's the spot is important. High school, it's a five-yard spot foul. So you have to know where that spot is. And if you are caught up in a quarterback under duress and you, you may lose that spot, it, it, it's, it's imperative that the, us at the line of scrimmage, if you're on the line of scrimmage, you get there so that way you get their attention somehow so you know that spot. Because really, in the end, this play falls on the referee. 100% because of what we were talking about earlier, the ball did get back to the line of scrimmage. And even though there was no one eligible, eligible receiver, if the referee made the judgment that they were outside of the zone, then we just, all this is done. We're just moving on to the next right. down. Exactly. So you know, it falls back on the referee. So you have to know in or out, they'll tell you about whether the eligible receivers or pass made it to or beyond, uh, not to the line. So, all right, Robert, what are, uh, what are some of the, the questions or comments that we might have, or you personally, do you have anything? I am so happy that uh, Bill is saying do this mechanic with, with the additional element now to the um, legally being able to pass the, or legally be able to pass the ball uh, as long as the ball makes it beyond the line of scrimmage. I love, I love this because the pointiness now can come confusing. So I agree with that. Uh, viewers agree with that. Uh, they're loving the discussion. I don't have any comments or anything that's uh, uh, conflicting to what's been shared so far. Okay, sounds good. That, and so my personal opinion, to reiterate, if you're working the line of scrimmage, okay, this falls on the referee. And Mike, you know, I appreciate Mike sending this in because this is a, a, a good play to discuss. But whether those landmarks are important, you, when, you, when you line up as a referee, you should be lining up at the same spot on every play. It should, whether, whether you're 15, 12, whatever you, whatever you decide is your level of comfort. You want to put yourself in that spot on every play so you have the same picture. So when you look at those tackles, you already know. You already you got the snapshot. And uh, Matt Sumstein out of, uh, out of Hawaii is talking about this, I think, on one of our clinics or whatever, about a couple steps left, a couple steps right. That's really good. If you get two full, two and a half steps, that's four yards. You're outside. That's a good indicator. But you should have that same mental snapshot anyway. You should already know if, he goes, if the player goes here, I'm good. If the player goes here, I'm, if I get outside, I'm good. They can throw the ball away as long as it gets to the line of scrimmage. And we shouldn't be moving a lot as officials. Anyways. We're trying to keep ourselves in, in a more of a stationary position. We move when we have to. We move with a purpose. But as a referee, 
you should put yourself in that position where you don't really need to move until somebody crosses your face or gets outside of that landmark, that tackle, <laughs> then you already know. So these are just things as a, as a referee you can do. Line of scrimmage officials, it's great. Say, I got numbers, point to your numbers, your, what, you know, where your numbers would be, and then if you want to point, fine, or you just say, I'm good. If not, a lot of times, if it doesn't get back to the line of scrimmage, or I don't have an eligible receiver, I personally, even with an O2O, 2 I'm going right to that referee. So I might be able to help that referee with a spot. So hopefully everybody's got that uh, uh, down now. We got another play that's similar. So we're going to go, I'm going to pull the text line down on this one just so we can see it. This is also another potential intentional grounding play. So I want to go on this one here. And you can see the quarterback, see where the quarterback is. Quarterback passes and then kind of throws it away. So I want to move this back here. So you can see shotgun. What do we do now? Does the quarterback get outside of, the, of that free blocking zone and throw it away? Oh, but wait a minute. We've got one little added thing here that we can't forget about. We just talked about it, okay? What about this receiver up here? There's a receiver up there. Is that receiver close enough? Is that receiver in the area? This becomes a judgment. So if you're the line of scrimmage official, now it does fall about, oh, six yards short, okay? But was number 12, this is where that, is number 12 looking in that direction? Does the contact by number three cause the errant pass? These are all questions as a referee you have to ask because they will come into play in regards to whether or not, even regardless of whether this player is outside of the lateral limits of the free blocking zone. I think it's pretty close because look where that right tackle is and now look where he throws it. He's almost at the hash. So I think you're good there. So you could say, he, A, he, that that player's outside. B, does the ball get back to the line of scrimmage? Eh, barely, barely, but is it close enough? I don't know, best eyes in the game, does it get close enough? Or that it bounces up and almost hits that eligible receiver. So these are three elements of this particular play that now become that become relevant, that we need to decide, we need to take our judgment. And you, you have any one of those three, outside the lateral limits, gets to the line of scrimmage, or an eligible receiver, we're good. We don't got nothing. So hopefully, there was no intentional grounding on this. But it's a discussion to think about. It's a judgment to walk through what we just discussed, how we get from A to B to C to, C to D, D or whatever it might be, so that way we don't have a foul on a play like this because we've walked through it and we've done the mental process that gets us to that right decision. So I see, uh, I see Mike has got his hand in the air, so I'm going to go to Mike right now. Mike, what do you got? I just want to say, you know, for any, any referee who's especially newer to the position, um, there's a very critical distinction we have to understand with quarterbacks that are getting hit as they throw. So I think it's pretty clear to see in this, in this video that the quarterback had already gone to one hand with the football. The football is already coming away from his body as he gets hit. So I think we can agree that the quarterback has gotten hit 
after he already started his throwing motion. And in that case, we, we give the quarterback some latitude for where the ball goes. That's what I meant when I said earlier that the quarterback was responsible because in that case, he was already being wrapped up and then he started his motion. So um, I think we have a very different case here. I think this quarterback has already started his motion. Then he was hit. I think that takes some of the onus off of him. And uh, in addition, there's an eligible receiver in that same direction. Um, so I, there's multiple reasons why I think as a referee, we would not have a flag even if someone came to us. No, I think that's a good point. And Bill, we've talked about this many times, you know, on, on a lot of the things that we've done about where we can't forget about when the quarterback is hit, that that has that has an that could have potential impact on our judgment on on a call like this. If we were, you know, let's say we'll take away that the ball may have got to the line of scrimmage, we'll take away the eligible receiver, you know, close enough, but like the hit itself might cause us to make a different decision regardless because of changing the, the direction or the velocity or the trajectory of the ball, correct? Exactly. You know, so he's going to get the benefit of the doubt be, uh, for the line or for the receiver. And I, I'd, want my re, I'd want my wing officials or any of the people covering on pass plays to look at that one and say, hey, are we going to be consistent at saying that receiver is in the area? So, and because I'd want them to do that. The purpose of this rule is to allow the passer, the quarterback, 90% of the time, to allow him to play another down so he doesn't get hurt. They're allowing him to throw the ball away and let's go to the next down. So we don't want to be too technical at calling intentional grounding in these situations. No, I don't disagree. We we want to we want to give the benefit of the doubt, for lack of a better term, unless we you know we know something different, then we make we make the call. Robert, I'm gonna go to you real quick here. Uh, let's let's get Robert up here. So Robert, any uh, anybody texting questions, comments from the from the group? Do you have any personal comments? Well, I just want to say that the questions or comments from the group have been addressed already through this panel discussion. So excellent work. No, I have nothing else to add. We can move forward. Perfect. All right. Well, then let's move into our our uh, our other play. This was another play that was sent in that we didn't get to last week. So hopefully, uh, we are now going to uh, have a chance to get to it now. All right. Let's go wide on it. All right. So here's the play. I'm going to pull down the text number. So it's gonna. If I believe, if I remember correctly, it's gonna happen to the bottom of the screen. First off, we need to know where everybody's looking at. Look at down and distance. It's about third and about seven. Looks like a grass field. So those you don't see very many of those anymore. Got trips to the bottom. So we know that our, our, our main focus is going to be to the bottom of the screen. You see the quarterback rolls out. He throws a screen pass. Everybody looks eligible because uh, our linemen are holding the line. They're not wandering down. All right, so we're good there. So now, after the player catches the ball, I want you to watch the action coming back to the ball. Because right now, if, you were, if we're the officials on this game, if you're, if you're down here at the bottom of the screen, line judge, you know, headlinesman, whoever you are in the first half, second half, doesn't matter. Where are you looking? We're not going to watch a ball carrier run with the ball. We're going to go to where is our first potential point of attack block. It's right there. If we have a back judge over the top, you know, I can't see him in the screen, might be helping there, but probably coming, probably coming down here because those are those are our only two engagements. 
We have an umpire here who's, who's probably going to drift over, might be able to help up on this. And our referee should be concentrating here on any garbage. And so is our wing over here, can be peeking at the back for any garbage. But right now, we should have these two potential engagements locked in based off of our mechanics. So here you go. And now you got that block there. I don't know if you saw that. You don't see the block downfield, um, the, the one that's further downfield, but you do have that first player coming back right here. So the question becomes on this block right here, the judgment, is this enough for either A, a blindside block or an illegal block in the back? Now we only have the side shot. We don't get the end zone shot, but I want everyone to, like I said, this was sent in. So we walk through how we should be looking at it, how we should be judging it. Right now, it looks like our, our offensive player right here has the brick in their hand, but what are they gonna do with that brick? Should have our attention. This official should be concentrating right here because I don't care. You know, I guess you can say it's third down, so forward progress is important where he steps out. So we kinda do have to have an idea if he gets close to the sideline, but in the end, this contact is going to take us to the runner. We don't need to be officiating air and watching this guy run. We just don't need to be doing it. So now here comes that contact. Like I said, this all brings us to here. This, I can watch this contact and still see where the player steps out of bounds. And if he's stepping out of bounds there, yeah, it's close to the, uh, to the line of game. But I should still be able to see both. And like I said, I, I could get help either for my back judge, if there's nothing going on down here, or my umpire looks a little bit screen, looks like he didn't get over there. But this is, this is my call all the way, my judgment all the way. Watch it through in real time again. Is this enough? So I'm gonna throw it to the, to the panel because I want, uh, let, me throw up the, let me throw up the text line here so everybody can see it. If you're out there, if you're out in TV land and you, uh, you have a comment or you have a have an opinion on this, let us know on the text or on the chat, and we will, we will get to that you know, as soon as possible. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start uh, with, with Bill on this one. Let's go, to, let's go to Bill. So Bill, you saw a play like this. Is this enough for you for a block in the back? Do you think it should be passed? You got anything else? I don't see it as a block in the back. It's suspect for a blindside block, but I see the hands extend. Uh, so I, I, I don't have anything on this play. Um, I wish that the film was a little clearer, but um, I see hand extension. I don't see it uh, as a push in the back. I see him on the side. Okay, so you've got it on the side. Mike, I, what do you, I, uh, sorry, I, didn't, I jumped in on you there. Mike, you see this play, and uh, do you have anything, anything different? I mean, I, it looks like it's going to set up to be from the side, but I did want to add that the line that the line of scrimmage official this is why it's such a tough position to work you have to work that sideline you you, you got to see whether he steps out if you don't have a downfield official if this is five man um you need help on the inside um that's one of the reasons we've told our umpires now to start central even though they're working the tackle diagonally um, we've asked them to start more over the snapper or more to the center of the field so that they can get to either side um, and not get trapped behind players like this. We, we need their help on these kind of plays. Um, it's so hard for a wing official because right at the point of contact, at the same moment that the runner might be stepping out of bounds. 
It's true. That's why the wing officials get the big bucks or the small bucks or whatever bucks. But you're right on that. All right, Robert, going to you. What uh, what is uh, what is uh, everybody out there say? What do you got? Everything I've read so far, and, and there's a lot of members that have uh, commented, no foul. Uh, everyone comments that uh, it's definitely not a block in the back. Suspect blindside, but they're seeing the extension, uh, so they they have no foul. Okay, no no foul. I want to go. Can I just clarification, just so that again we say things, you know, in explanation to coaches correctly. Okay. It is a blindside block, but it's illegal. It's a legal one. Not yeah. an illegal blindside block. Oh, you're right. It's a legal blindside block. I'm going to go back back to the play to kind of illustrate that, and then we'll move on to our play of the week here. I'll pull down the text line just for a minute. Yes, it's a legal, legal blindside block. The guy can't see it, but the, the hands are extended. Here's the thing. When it was sent in, it was the question was whether or not this was a block in the back. And the reason why this is not a block in the back is because look at the contact right there. That's not from the back. That's from the side. That's a clear side block. We used to say this side block, side block. And you can I would a lot of times would point to my sh the shoulder pad if I'm telling I see the block. That's a side block. And it's definitely not forcible contact. It's definitely open hands. It is not, you know, meant even though the player doesn't see it coming. You know, it, it's the contact starts on the side. This is a side block, and that's pretty much at the end. And everybody seems to be in agreement with that, with that. So, what we're going to do now is uh, it's amazing how fast these these meetings go. So we're going to uh, we're going to get ready for our our play of the week this week. And let me uh, let me get that up. Give me one second as we go wide and get everything uh, up and running. So this is a little bit of a treat uh, for, for everybody. And uh, one of the things I'm going to say is that we, uh, we had the Bill Amanye's best practices uh, video this year. And we did a section on it, You Make the Call. And we talked a little bit about it. So if you've seen this, you're going to already have seen this play. But I wanted to, to bring this one up because a lot of it was just Bill and I talking. But I wanted to throw it out there. And you didn't. I want to see what people who actually watched the video might have thought about a play like this. So let's go wide on it and we're gonna watch we're gonna watch this play. Hang on, let me one second here. Alright, here we go. So here's the play. I'm gonna let it play out. You can still see we got first and ten at the 40. Gotta get to the 50. And you're gonna see the runner go to the sideline and does the ball come out or not? Uh oh. The ball come out. Now, we're not showing any, like, replays, like close-ups or anything like that. Because, like I said, you're your own replay. So you get the, you know, close-up. Ball's out. Ball's on the ground. Here we go. One more time. When was the ball out? Is the player down? Is this a fumble? I don't care what the officials are ruling. One last time in real time, because that's what we get in, in football land. Here we go. Ask yourself, player down, or is this a fumble that eventually goes out of bounds? All right, so play of the week. Here's the video play. Fumble or down? Those are your two choices. Fumble or down, and we will talk about this one next week. All right, so I want to thank everybody.
who joined us tonight. It's been a lot of fun, really. I mean, like I said, we're here to talk football, and, and I'm, I'm glad you took some time with us tonight. So I want to thank Bill, Bill Lamagne, for being with us. Bill, you're going to be uh, in Texas, right? Is that where you're yeah, headed this Texas weekend? Yeah, Texas A&M. Uh, uh, they got Miami there. They were trying to reschedule and get Notre Dame down there so one of the two could bounce back. But uh, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, it couldn't work it out. Couldn't make it. Oh well, hope you have a lot of fun down there this this week. It should be a, should be a good time. I also want to thank Mr. Uh, Mr. Billica, Mr. Mike Billica, for being here. Mike, thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Hey, it's really great to be here. And and Bill, I'm going to add that to my pregame. This is excellent. I'd never seen that signal before in my career. So and I was a wing official. And I didn't know it. So uh, that that will help us a lot this week. Think so. So thank you, Bill, for for that little bit of a uh, little tidbit. And there he is, Robert Yabara. Robert, uh, any last minute comments? Well, thank you for being here, of course. But any last minute comments, text or questions or anything like that, we need to clear up before we uh, shut the uh, the MIBT machine down for the night. Yeah, I just want to take a poll next week on how many of us officials are going to say, Coach, that was a legal blindside block. I want a poll next week on how many of us are going to say that. I, I like I'm, it. I'm looking for it. <laughs> I like it, you know, where that's great. I look at it and say, okay, go, oh, that was a blindside block. That was a blindside. You're right, coach. That was a blindside block, but it was legal. It was not forcible contact from the blind side. And then be like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> Cause right. it is like, I don't know what that means. Anyways. All right. I want to thank everybody. Like I said, for being here tonight. Appreciate it. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, right here at MIBTOnline.com, 7.30 p.m. Central. Until then, keep them safe, have fun, enjoy yourselves. Thanks for being a subscriber. We can't do this without you, so appreciate it. You can always email me your plays, send them to me. Somebody tried to send me some plays, I think, but I don't know what they were sending. They sent some playlists, so make sure you send me a personal email, too, that say, hey, I got a couple plays for you, so that way we know what we're doing here. So until next week, I'm Tim Kiefer. We'll catch you then. Have a great night. Have a great week.